Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Joey Pasco. And we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We have uh, the first, the inaugural Fringe Division segment, uh, which we'll get to in a second here. We have um, modern, new modern format, crazy stuff going on with it. Mm, crazy bad stuff, <laughs> in my opinion, but we'll get to that. Um, I got murdered yeah. on Saturday. That was exciting. Oh, it was terrible. So um, we'll talk about standard a little bit because we do have a mythic championship coming up um, that mythic champions are not qualified for. That's another story. And then we have Corset 2020 spoilers. Previews. That's right. Spoilers, not previews. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Coming up, whether or not they are official or not, I will call them spoilers till my heart stops. So, here we go. Um, first of all, I just got to say this. Fringe Division. So, we're doing this new segment called Fringe Division, right? And uh, we announced it on the last episode where I'm going to, thanks to our sponsorship with Card Hoarder, I'm going to take a fringe playable modern deck and run it through some leagues on, um, on MTGO, uh, which I said at the time I was going to run it through friendly leagues but there are no friendly leagues anymore right. they're just leagues so but at, when I did this there were still friendly leagues so I ran it through a couple friendly leagues we're going to talk about that but I just got to say Ryan Germore came through in the clutch uh, you know when we announced this Ryan was like I'm working on a theme song for your uh, fringe division segment and I was like oh cool <laughs> he sent it to us and it is brutal I love it I love it and uh, you're going to hear the whole thing right now. We're not going to play the whole thing every single time. But for the first episode, first edition of Fringe Division, we have to play the whole thing because it's so freaking cool. So here is the theme song to Fringe Division. Enjoy. In the trenches on the fringe, holy mountains are moving in. Tribal zombies and each regrets, losing matches to a single path. So, uh, I played Blue Black Mill uh, in the um, in, in the friendly uh, leagues when they existed. In the friendly leagues when the friendly leagues existed, and uh, so really, like, so the mill deck is is a deck that's kind of been around and people try it 
every so often. And it's, uh, you know, I think Hipsters of the Coast did an article a few months ago, the it's the best modern deck no one's playing. Um, and I, I do feel like it's, uh, it's, it's one of those decks that it's not unplayable. Uh, it's good and it kind of attacks from an, an angle that people aren't usually prepared for. So uh, I, I kind of feel like this is a, a great, a great starting point for you, not only because you love Mill, but because like this is this is a strong deck. Uh, and I loved playing this deck, to be completely honest. I thought it was great. Four Hedron Crab, four Man- Manic Scribe, three Fatal Push, three Surgical Extraction, four Visions of Beyond, one Collective Brutality, four Glimpse the Unthinkable, two Mission Briefing, four Archive Trap, two Crypt Incursion. That card is amazing. Uh, four Mesmeric Orb, which was actually my least favorite card in the whole deck, and um, two Search for Azcanta. But people sure did waste a lot of removal on it. Um, now the sideboard has another... This version here has one extra paint. I would run this a little bit differently now. Um, but one thing I found out playing against Tron is that when they play two of their Tron lands, all you got to do is mill to their third Tron land and surgical it. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I was just like, what? That's a great a strength of the mill deck because you can... You could just mill mill them entirely anyway. Like they don't really play anything that can get a land back from the graveyard. So if you happen to you know hit them with an arch- archive trap and you're like, hey, look, I got all four copies of your whatever. You know, like I, I, archive trap obviously being the largest mill card. But I mean, presumably you've already milled them for several cards. So you know, say you, you mill twenty, thirty cards and you happen to hit all four of one of the Tron lands in that half of the deck. I mean, now right. they are slowed down considerably. I'm amazed at how many times I hardcast Archive Trap. Like, it actually blew my mind. I was like, are you serious? Did I just hardcast that? I mean, wow. why not? It's, it's, you know, it's your deck strategy, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to take a quarter of your deck. It's basically like five mana, five damage in a strange way. You know, it's, uh, I think some people refer to the, the blue-black middle deck as burn, because essentially you're, it's a burn deck, but it's burning the library instead of the life total. So uh, right. it, it is kind of like that. And, you know, you can hardcast it, and that's... You know that's a thing you can do, and I think that's kind of another strength of the deck. It's like, yeah, you can you can sit there and try not to search your library and play into archive trap, and they can say, all right, fine, tap five archive trap. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, and that's kind of what I had to do because people were kind of playing around it, which was weird. But yeah, I guess you know that's what you want to do. It's a scary um, card, right? I mean, you're going to lose a quarter of your deck. Like that's yeah. Uh, it's scary. So, I, I play around it, I'm sure, like at least a little bit. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks, because I actually did this like almost as soon as we finished recording last episode. Right. Um, in the two leagues I played, I went two and three uh, in both leagues. Okay. So, so, you know, not a great showing, but for like basically my first ten games of modern in like five years, I look at it as not that bad. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you because you just that's just not a format you play, so I think it's fantastic. Right. So, you know, I just would um, I, know, I know I beat Blue White Control, and me and you had a couple practice matches which really showed me how to attack that deck. Right. And listening to that episode of the Dive Down helped me learn how to attack that deck, so thank you. Um, and, uh, so I knew how to attack that deck, so I beat that deck once. Uh, I think I lost to it once, too. But then also I lost to Tron once and beat Tron once. I beat Humans, which I felt good about. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how, but I did, and it was cool. You milled them out. Um, <laughs> you milled them well, out. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, but I don't remember like how I attacked it right. to get there. Yeah. Um, 
I know that when you uh, crypt incursion mm-hmm. and you exile like something like 15 creatures from someone's graveyard, it's pretty good because then you're at like 70. Remind me what that one so, does because I'm, I'm trying to remember. It says um, – so it's an instant. It's a black and two. Exile all creature cards from target player's graveyard. You gain three life oh, wow. for each card exiled this way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So – and it's pretty good against Mono Red, too. Um, but I, th- I feel like Mono Red beat me, but I don't remember. Um, uh, but, but anyway, I think they may have had a skull crack in response to that. You know what I right, mean? Like, right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That works, and that's good. So, <laughs> uh, so that happened. Um, now, I really feel like – and I know an ensnaring bridge is just an absolute house. That just really shut down like any deck that was trying to turn creatures sideways. It was pretty good. But yeah, I, I thought the deck was really fun. I, I think here's the deal. So with this segment in particular, uh, I want to change decks every episode, mm-hmm. play different decks. But the format has changed a lot since I played this because because Modern Horizons, yeah, <laughs> because Hogak, yeah, um, has completely warped Modern and needs to be emergency banned, um, along with Bridge from Below. Sorry, y'all, but they do. Um, I'm not excited about it, but now I'm going to have to warp this entire deck to overcompensate for Hogak. Um, so I'm actually thinking about rerunning this, but running a, a crazier version of it um, that goes a little more extreme on the extirpates and the surgicals. Um, yeah, maybe some Leyline of the Voids in there. Yeah, but that's the problem. There's there's a tension between running Leyline and running surgical, right? Absolutely. But I, I think so, if you have, so, I think you're happy with if, if you draw surgical when you've already got a ley line out, you're probably like that's fine, <laughs> right? Like it's it's all right. I've got a ley line out. Like that's that's right. pretty good. You're, it's right. not a com- well. I mean, it is a combo deck, but having the ley line out is is stopping their combo already. So, uh, but maybe yeah. we just preemptively run the ley lines. I don't know. Like I'm trying to decide because, like I said, surgical's really good against Tron, and Tron's still definitely a thing. Well, I mean, you could play the ley lines on the board. Like, there's, I'm not saying you don't play them, at, or you but, have to play them main. Do you though? I mean, that's the thing. I'm serious. Like, do you even like? Should you just preempt this well, because it's just so it, it, like pervasive? Yeah. Well, so let's let's jump into that topic. I think yeah, you're gonna you should try for next episode con- the same deck. Just change the configuration to see if you can uh, attack the the metagame that exists right now um right so and speaking of which let's let's talk about that metagame so we had right after a couple days after we recorded modern horizons was released on moto so immediately the format was overwhelmed by these hogak decks um Mm -hmm. and so for anybody who hasn't who maybe is living under a bridge from below or something um <laughs> it's it's uh, we're all living under uh, a bridge that's true from below at this anyone point. not living under a bridge from below and have not uh have not noticed how this is happening uh i just want to give a quick description of the deck um so hogak new card from modern horizons cost hybrid green black hybrid hybrid green black five uh you can cast it from your hand normally obviously or from your graveyard but you can't spend mana to cast Hogak, and it's an 8-8 Trample, and it's got Convoke and Delve. So Convoke can only pay for the colored mana costs, and Delve can obviously play, pay for all the, the generic mana costs. So uh, this is the card that is basically kind of started this whole thing. But the, uh, the reprinting of Altar of Dementia also is a huge part of why this deck is succeeding and carrion feeder. So both the altar and carrion feeder who mm-hmm. we discussed last episode, um, 
are free sacrifice outlets. So like traditional dredge, plan A is you mill yourself, mill a ton of cards into your graveyard because your graveyard is an extension of your hand. So it's like drawing a bunch of cards when you mill cards into your graveyard. So uh, I'm not going to go through every iteration possible, but when you mill yourself, you're able to cast Hogak out of your graveyard. And with Altar of Dementia, you have a combo element where you can repeatedly mill. Once you mill your entire deck or essentially your entire deck, you have access to every card in your deck that has some sort of recursive element, blood ghasts and venge vines and grave crawlers. And uh, you, with Bridge from Below, every time you sacrifice something to Altar of Dementia or, uh, or Carrion Feeder, you get a token. Well, if you have two bridges, you get two tokens. And three bridges, you get three tokens. So all you need is two bridges, a sack outlet, and every time you sacrifice a creature, you get two tokens, you tap them, and you delve away like five cards, cast Hogak. Uh, sacrifice Hogak, mill for eight. Get two more tokens. Tap those two tokens, delve away five cards, cast Hogak again. Guess what? Triggered Vengevine. Vengevine's back. Meanwhile, you're building up all these tokens. They're just sitting on the on the board getting tapped to cast Hogak repeatedly. So even if for some reason you you fizzle out or your opponent deals with your bridges at some point, uh, you've got like a battlefield pres- presence that is extremely strong. Or you have the option to just mill somebody out if they can't interact with your combo. So that's the gist of it. Um, there's so many different... Uh, synergies and interactions in the deck. You get Faithless Looting, Insolent Neonate, um, Bloodgast, right? Like, like all kinds of ways to get creatures back or creatures that just come back as you play the game naturally. Um, and in the sideboard, a lot of decks are playing Wisp- Wispmare and Ingature, which are evoke creatures, which count when you cast them to uh, towards Vengevine, when you evoke them, right? So like you get the cheap mana cost, right. you get to destroy an enchantment or artifact, uh, and then you sacrifice it. Guess what? You have a bridge. Now you get a token. So it's like super synergistic. Um, and yeah, it needs to not exist. That's the format right now. And it's a shame that it's overrun this like this. And, um, you know, part of me wants to say like, oh, I'll just let the format adjust. But the bigger part of me and I think the the part of me that's kind of really being realistic here is saying like every morning checking twitter at like 11 a.m going when are they going <laughs> to announce the emergency ban like i'm just waiting i'm i know that the format is going to be they're going to do something they have to do something and i'm just waiting every day expecting like okay this modern format is temporary uh until they decide to ban hogak or it doesn't even necessarily have to be hogak they could ban bridge from below that would uh stifle the deck pretty well um but i th- and they're think, probably gonna yeah i feel like they're gonna wind up banning faithless looting while they're at it they might, but I don't. I still don't agree that faithless looting is the problem. I think that uh, I don't either. It's they might though. But, I, I see what you should. Yeah. But, or maybe alter. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like two new cards. That that's the stuff that they're, they're going to be like. We just printed these, and now we're banning them already. So I think bridge has the biggest that's, likelihood. Yeah. Because nobody plays fair with a bridge from below. Like that's <laughs> it's a card that doesn't right. even make any sense because it does nothing on the battlefield and it only works when it's in your graveyard, which is a great design. And we've had it now for, you know, whatever, 12 years since Fusion Sight came out. Um, and uh, it's it's an interesting card. But right now in modern, it's just causing this deck to to just be too powerful. So uh, so bridge is the one that I expect to be banned first. No deck in any format should be able to do what this deck does. Right. Like, it's so busted. Like, I have no problem with Dredge in general. You know, that was an interesting match, too, trying to beat Dredge with Mill. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic. That's uh, always but, interesting. It's like it's like Death Shadow versus Burn. 
<laughs> yeah, so weird. It's very weird, but it's Kinda fun. Yeah, it, but it's it's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, but yeah, this this no deck should be able to do what this deck is doing. Right. Um, and I feel like ban whatever you got to ban. I don't think it matters that you ban a couple rares from your from your new set mm-hmm. because you're bad. You know what I mean? Like it's your fault. Like <laughs> y'all don't design decks. You know, like what what is this? You know what I right. mean? Like. No, it's it's your fault. So ban it. You know what I mean? Um, I would like to see them say, hey, okay, we're going to ban Bridge from Below right now, and we're watching Hogak and Alter and Faceless Looting or whatever, like be, to see how the format goes. Like, can this deck be still exist but be mitigated, like be like uh, just more under control? Because I think it's a cool deck. It's like it's it's really neat. It's just too powerful and too explosive. But if you take away the bridge. That takes away a huge amount of its power because a lot of the combo potential comes from the fact that you're sacrificing Hogak and you have two bridges, you get two more, and you just have basically an infinite combo to mill yourself and your opponent. Um, it's not actually infinite, but essentially enough to, to mill both decks. It's pretty much infinite. I mean, Well, like, it's infinite it's... in terms of the game. <laughs> so, right. So, um, yeah, so I think if you take the bridge away, like, let's see what happens then. Like, I feel like they could easily just say, well, we're going to emergency ban bridge right now and then the next band and restricted announcement we you know we are watching closely to see what happens between now and then with these decks and see if that works and i think i'd prefer something like that because they they can do that like why can't they do that <laughs> you know yeah sure. so it feels like a better way than just outright banning multiple cards although i would say i i suspect that they that internally they may be testing exactly that to see if it works on their end but i feel like they're just going to get so much right. more data from from just watching people uh iterate on the format in mtgo they, they're better off just banning something like bridge right away and, and seeing what happens um that's that's my take on that but uh in the meantime sure, i don't oh, necessarily disagree with that i'm 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 for i'm for wildly banning things at all times like i don't care i think that like bans are good keep the format healthy and keep players happy you right. know don't if, if, if someone goes when, every time someone sets down their modern deck and says, I'm not picking this up again for a while because this format sucks. Yeah, that's bad. That's a loss. <laughs> that's a loss, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, 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 my, and like Ryan, for instance, was already in that space with modern, but also did buy the Hogax, to be fair. so he's. I mean, so did I. You, I bought the whole deck, and yeah. I'm sitting here talking about banning it. So, <laughs> I mean, right. that says something. Y'all are part of the problem, but, uh, but also we're used to Wizards sitting on their hands and not coming up with solutions so i can understand wanting to get in on that while the getting's good well i didn't expect it to be like this i just saw it like you know what was it uh june 7th i guess or 7th or 6th or something is the is when the set was released on moto so it kind of started popping up like over that the course of those days and i bought all the cards i'm i was like in a a 5k for pancreatic cancer in dc and i'm like online buying cards uh as i'm walking and i'm writing in our discord like this deck seems insane but i didn't expect it to be this insane uh yeah so like i bought all the cards uh you know saturday june 8th and i actually don't even have all of them in the mail yet so (laughs) but I, i kind of feel like yeah i want the format to be healthy so who cares? Like, I'm not worried about my personal investment into the deck uh, when I'm more Im- invested into the format as a whole. So right. um, that's more important to me. But we got into this discussion talking about how decks are fighting the the Hogak menace right now. And uh, right, you, you know, you mentioned 
playing Leyline Main, um, I've been playing a lot of blue white control. Surprise, surprise. Um, I know I took a little yeah, bit of a, <laughs> I took a little bit of a, a, uh, sabbatical to burn land and dredge land and amulet bill. And, uh, I still love all those <laughs> decks, but, uh, I think I'm back home at Azorius, uh, or Azorius based yeah. control. And, um, I've, had a lot of help. I want to give a shout out to uh, Francesco Amati, who runs a blue-white uh, competitive Facebook group, and we'll link it in the show notes. Um, he is just like he wrote a whole primer on blue-white control, and he's just—I uh, think he's one of the um, teachers on Spikes Academy, and uh, he's just like a control specialist. I think someone called him like the Tundra Guru. Uh, so anyway, I've been talking to him on Twitter and reading a lot of his content and uh, it's helped me a lot. So if you're interested in blue-white control or blue-white based control like Esper or Jeskai or Bant, uh, check out the Facebook group. We're going to link it. Um, but yeah, shout out to, to Francesco. Um, and uh, that's what I've been playing. And I've been playing two main deck surgical extractions and then in the sideboard, three copies of Rest in Peace. So I'm not throwing all the graveyard hate into the main deck um because it's it's a little bit like you can't expect to face it every round and then you've got a ton of almost dead cards main deck have you have you played against it much in modern not much so that's the uh, the other part is like when i've played i've been seeing other decks that i would have hated to have rest in peace sitting in my hand especially with blue white like Uh. you need your cards to be to work like you you can't they need to be live yeah, yeah. because that's the whole thing is like the the reason you play control is because you feel like you understand what to expect in the metagame but and you need to be prepared for every you know category of card non-creatures creatures crazy combos and uh other control decks and you can't just have a bunch of rest in pieces or ley lines in your deck game one and uh, sitting in your hand while you're facing humans or something and you're like oh this is great i'm just getting beat down by a billion creatures and it would be nice if these ley lines were path to exile or wrath of god or supreme verdict or whatever so um yeah i, I don't think you want to go that heavy main deck but i've i'm comfortable with two main deck surgical extractions and yes i did have them in hand sometimes and felt that way about those cards i'm like great <laughs> like what do I want a surgical extract? Nothing. This card sucks right now, but it's game one. And right, it's one of those things where you got to kind of hope it becomes a thought seize, you know? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. You kind of go, okay, I want to know yeah. what's going on in your hand, so I'm just going to go ahead and extract your uh, fetch lands. Sure, there you go. Extract your fetch lands or anything that just seems interesting to take, and I just want to see what's in your hand, what you got going on, because you haven't made a move in a few turns or something, and I'm like, what's happening over right. there? Some, I mean, I did that versus Infect. I was like, I don't really need to extract anything. Uh, let me see what you got going on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you don't want to overload, but blue-white control players are playing up to four copies of Rest in Peace in the board, along with two copies of Surgical Extraction in the main deck. So, you know, six copies of Graveyard Hate across the 75 is not crazy like it's 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 happening and it's not like people are like whoa that's a little bit much like no that's just acceptable right now <laughs> right um so hogak you know let's see but by, by the time this episode should post later today it's wednesday uh and hopefully maybe by friday when it posts some cool stuff all of this conversation will be irrelevant because they'll have banned something <laughs> <laughs> we'll see um, so I think we should move on to the next topic. Uh, yeah. um, you want to talk about your tournament report from the, uh, the nope, MCQ? I guess I got I it. I mean, you don't got it. Just say it sucked and move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I got to talk about it. So um, so I played Gruul Midrange in, a, um, in an MCQ 
uh, run by Common Ground Games at Southside Ballroom, where I saw Faith No More and Napalm Death a couple years ago. So I was like, this is pretty cool that we're like doing this at like a rock club. I was like, that's just wild. And I really appreciated that. And Common Ground Games always just puts on great events. And thank you, uh, Jameson, for having such a great event uh, this Saturday. Um, so I started out my my testing um, of the actual physical deck Friday night at, uh, at FNM and I went Owen two and then got the buy and the buy literally was taunting me. He said, B Y E said, bye, go home. And I was like, okay, I get the hit. I'm going home. So I got my free pack and I, I got a win technically. And I was like, so I went home. Um, but I played against mono red both times and I made a couple mistakes and I knew I was going to make a bunch of mistakes Friday night, Friday night. I was ready for that. I was prepared for it. Um, I decided let's get them out of the way now. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's just see some things. So, for instance, one fun thing is that when you play a Nullhide Ferox and then you have a Sarkin in hand, it costs seven. So, um, don't do that. So, um, so yeah, that was dumb. But, uh, like I said, I got the dumb out of the way early. So, that wasn't bad. Uh, but anyway, so then I went to, um, to this event on Saturday and uh, I went 0-3 <laughs> it was so bad I couldn't buy a win man um, I did not try judges I did not try to buy a win for the record <laughs> uh, so round one I played against Lewis who was playing Esper midrange um, I got to game three game three I drew uh, game three I drew 11 lands so that was fun um didn't quite get there. Um, round two, I played against Ryan, who was also on Esper, and I got Lyra. Uh, yeah, so Lyra happened, and I, 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 I made the comment, Lyra! Ow, my, I didn't draw a Tybalt. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know what's more fun than getting Lyra in game two? I don't know, mass manipulation on uh, all your guys? I don't know. (laughs) Well, that, but also in the same match, getting Lyra game one, playing Marcus in round three on Bant. Um, So he Lyra'd me, and I literally, his last life total I wrote down was billion. (laughs) (laughs) That's failure to maintain game state, I think, right there. (laughs) So, yeah, I just wrote down billion i was just like yeah this whole day isn't happening uh so i i you know i was oh three i left i did actually get a modern masters uh or not no it's not modern modern horizons draft in oh cool um and i drafted like a blue red draw too and uh, i won the first round lost the second round kind of close round one was very close like i actually would have lost the next turn but i managed to pull off just enough damage to kill him um that was fun. I never. It was the first chance I got to really try the format, and it, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it seems like a really cool uh, draft format. I probably won't get to play much of it, but for what it's worth, uh, Modern Horizons was a really fun draft format in the brief uh, time I got to draft. Right, right. Um, so, um, so anyway, I'm feeling. So I'm just gonna go play in this uh, in this uh, MCQ in two weeks, and I'm kind of feeling out on it at this point. Like I'm kind of discouraged. Um, so do you, you feel? I'm just. Sorry, like, do you feel discouraged? You know, in yourself, or you feel like you're not enjoying the format, or you, you know, what is it that 
that you I don't feel? know. I mean, I just feel like the deck that I have isn't well positioned right now. Even though it does, there you know, Gruel mid range is popping up in top eights. There's just like so much incidental life gain, and there's just so much little weird little things that Esper does. Esper's just the best deck, and like Esper. You mean Esper controller or hero, or you just mean kind of like both? It's not really control anymore because no one's really playing counter spells, right? It's kind of just all Esper mid-range, you know, but it's a really good deck. Now, I mean, there are a couple ways to attack it, but I'm just really, like, I'm really bummed out and deflated by Lyra. (laughs) Every time this card gets played against me, I'm just deflated. And I'm like, do I want to overcompensate for it? Like, do I really want to go there and, like, run, like, four main deck Tybalt? And I've thought about it. I actually went and built a very ridiculous deck that I kind of like the idea of but it sucks. <laughs> it was like a Rakdos Elder Spell deck where it's like a bunch of Planeswalkers and then you use Elder Spell either uh, offensively mm-hmm. uh, um, to uh, get rid of their Planeswalkers or you can even just Elder Spell your own Planeswalkers to tick up your Liliana to its ultimate. Right. Um, or, or your Chandra to its ultimate. You know, like... Um, there's a couple different interesting plays that you can make with it, but overall the deck's just lacking. Yeah. Um, but for Tybalt is really where my headspace is right now, you know, and and I'm not sure if that's good. I don't know. I feel like, and and this is the thing, I won't walk into a tournament and pay fifty bucks to enter if I don't feel like I can walk out with a right. win. Like, and I and 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 I walked in Saturday feeling like I could do that, even after O twoing F and M. I was running so many three ofs in the deck on Friday because I just didn't know, uh-huh. and I wanted to try a bunch of different stuff. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of felt like I'd settled on something, um, and then I showed up and just pulled off that result. I don't want to drop fifty bucks on another MCQ right. just to have the same or similar result, even if I do kind of get to a better place. You know, with my with my list, with my strategy going into the matchups. I'm not walking in with the confidence I had last Saturday, so I don't think I'm going to walk in at all. To be no, that totally honest. makes sense. I might show up. I might show up down there um, and like play a side or two because I'm off that day, right. and like I do want to sell like a couple cards to some vendors, so I might just show up and play like a side or something. But I'm not playing the MCQ. I feel like I'll just be miserable all day. I'd rather lose like a little like a pickup eight man or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'd rather lose that than lose fifty. Sure, bucks, sure. No, no, I totally understand. You do get that arc-bound Ravager, which is pretty sweet. Right, so you're just buying um, that, and <laughs> that's it, yeah. But I don't want to pay 50 bucks for that. I want to sell the one I right, have. Right, yeah. You know? so, so there you go. So I'm probably going to skip that. Um, I guess just wait until anyway, you, just, you know, see how you feel the day before or whatever, but I understand where you're at right, right. now. I, and I still have a couple F&Ms to go play at to really decide. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but as of right now, I'm not feeling super confident. So what do you feel um, like about standard in general? Like just, just, I actually love it. That's the funny thing is I love it. I think that Esper's a great deck. I mean, I think Teferi's very strong. Um, there are a lot of people who think it should be banned. I don't think so. I mean, like, eh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Would I cry? Hell no. I'd be happy if they banned that stupid card. But I'm not calling for it. You know what I right. mean? Like, I'm not. I'm not proactively calling for it. But my reaction would be very positive. Yeah, if it happened. I understand. It's, it's um, weird. Like, I mean, I guess having people say this card should be banned is just like an everyday occurrence now. But um, it is. It is. I, I, so in general, this is the thing. 
this format makes me sad for Mono Red because Mono Red is a deck I always want to be really good. And Mono Red, and I've been actually saying this off the podcast for a couple weeks <laughs> now, Mono Red can't win the big one. Like, and, and it cannot win a, a tournament in this format. Like, Mono Red, like, it's like the same thing with, like, Jund, but not as terrible as Jund was. Uh, but what I mean is. You're playing a, a, a deck in that format mm-hmm. uh, back with the you know, shards block standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing some fringy deck, uh, literally with fringe hanging off it. <laughs> um, you're eventually going to get junded. You know what I mean? You're eventually going to run into jund. You're going to eventually hit that wall. Mm-hmm. And you can't win that tournament because Jund was just such a consistently good deck. Right. And that's how you feel about Esper? Or you feel I like- feel like that about the format. Okay. So like Mono Red is a great deck on its own. It's a very powerful deck, but it's always going to hit that deck that just runs turn like game one Lyra or just running, you know, has triple uh, interplanar beacon out or wild growth Walker into Jade light Ranger. Like there's so many different decks that just gain a little bit of life here, but just enough life to like shut you out right. that you cannot win a tournament with mono red not anymore i mean like in the earlier parts of standard um when war was legal you could um but with the format where it's at now because whenever i say this ryan just sends me results of mono red winning events but that's like that's like two months ago you know or like it's like a month it was like beginning mm-hmm. of may not happening anymore you know this format is where it's at and mono red is gone mono red is dead and Mono Red is even more dead with Corset 2020 coming out um, because there are a lot of cards they're printing that just shut this deck down. Yeah. Like, well, decided. Do you want to just move into preview? We should, we should mention that this weekend is an, a Mythic Championship in this format. So when Mono Red wins, we'll be. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we can, you can eat your words. I don't really think Mono Red's going to win either. I pretty it's, much. Ag- it's best of three, right? This tournament? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mono Red's okay. not going to win. It's interesting, like, we're having this Mythic Championship, and, and Saffron Olive tweeted this, and I completely agree. Like, I wish the Pro Tours or Mythic Championships were, like, a couple weeks after release of the set again. Because now, like, when it's this long, like, when did the set release? The end of April? It's the end of June. Like, this right. format's old already. Like, I'm not excited to watch them. I might be in the minority, but I'm not excited to watch them play standard. I haven't been watching standard, and, and maybe that's because of Modern Horizons making me so excited about Modern. But still, like, it's a mythic championship, and I'm like, I guess I'll turn it on and see what's happening, but I'm not really I'm not excited well, about it. Take, it. It'll definitely take the heat off of Hogak for a couple of days. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's not bad. I but. guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's interesting. Like, they used to do that, and it would be kind of – that was part of what made it interesting because you're like, okay, okay yeah. there's like maybe a – Maybe a Star City event uh, the week before, and we'll see what what the, the grinders on the SCG tour come up with for standard for for new standard. Um, but then it's the Pro Tour, and so it's it was really like kind of an interesting situation when sets would be released, and then you'd have a Pro Tour within a couple of weeks. But now, like this is just this is like an old standard. We're talking about core set already, you know, like we're talking about right. the next set. You're previewing the next set at the same time as you're trying to hype up people for basically a lame duck format. Like <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. but whatever wizards has been doing a lot of weird stuff lately, like, you know, printing Hogak. Uh, so whatever, but <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about some core 
2020 previews. Um, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, talk, talk about spoilers. Yeah, talk about the previews that are going to spoil Mono Red's uh, time in Standard um, because that's what what got us into this. So let's go ahead and yeah. You want to tell? You want to talk about those cards that you're particularly upset to see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm not upset for my own deck because I already quit on this deck. Like I already knew. I already saw the writing on the wall and knew that this deck was dead. Um, like weeks ago, so I've moved on to like Gruel Mid Range. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start with the first two cards. Uh, the first one is Devout Decree, which isn't great, but like we really needed another way for them to deal. Like, like oh well, you know, Esper's having a lot of trouble against uh, against Mono Red. Let's go ahead and give him away to Exile Chandra without it dealing any damage. That seems like a good what idea. is Devout Decree? Devout Decree is a crappier Celestial Purge. It's a white and one. It's an uncommon. It's a sorcery. Exile target creature or planeswalker that's black or red. Scry one. So they so they get a way to deal with the Rekindling Phoenix, which you shouldn't be running against Esper anyway. They get to deal with your... Um, Chandra, you know, like you mentioned. With your Chandra. At least it doesn't hit Frenzy, but, you know, given how bad they're hosing mono red i wouldn't be surprised um and then we've got aether gust which is a one and a blue it's an uncommon it's an instant choose target spell or permanent that's red or green its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library owner's choice yeah um, it doesn't say that on the card but to clarify it owner's choice. <laughs> but it probably should have given all the confusion when they first were reading this card um so that's, I mean, that's really good. Um, yeah, it's a nice, nice flash again, freeze, uh, kind of flash freeze variant. And flash freeze saw a lot of playback in the Jun days, and and you know, <laughs> across formats actually, flash freeze has been playable as a sideboard card. And so, uh, flash or, freeze being or memory lapse, right? This is like a flash freeze slash memory lapse kind of thing. Uh, although the right. the controller of the spell or the owner of the spell i'm sorry actually gets to choose whether it's memory lapse or just going on the bottom but uh but yeah right. uh, it's certainly a, a great sideboard card so so there for starters mm-hmm. and then we have a ley line of sanctity reprint <laughs> so uh white white and two uh, you all know this card if it was in your opening hand you may begin the game within the battlefield you have hexproof which you know at least red has ways to deal with enchantments um <laughs> <laughs> Rule of law, a white and two. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Hooray! Um, it's now, hosing you know, Arclight Phoenix. <laughs> well, the good news is, Gruel Midrange, uh, you still have a chance against Gruel Midrange as Mono Red. Until Pulse of Marasa reprint, a green and two. Instant, return target creature or land card from a graveyard to its owner's hand. You gain six life. So, <laughs> that's great. And that's fun. Um, can I go on? A Johnny, uh, what, did, what did I name him on the John- notes? A Johnny never play mono red again. Uh, <laughs> a Johnny strength of the pride. Two white and two. It's a mythic rare. It's five loyalty to start. Plus one. You gain life equal to the number of creatures you control. Wow. Oh, Plus the number of planeswalkers you control. <laughs> well, okay. Minus two. Literally create Najani's pride mate. <laughs> um, my 
uh, so then, and then the zero ability, if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total, not unlikely in this format, exile Ajani Strength of the Pride and each artifact and creature your opponents control. So, yay! Mono Red is good. <laughs> oh, also... While we're on the subject, let's talk about Yarok, because, you know, Soltai, if it had trouble doing one thing, it was getting multiple triggers from Wild Growth Walker. Well, worry no more, because for only five mana, two black, blue, green, you get a 3-5, which is out of Lava Coil range, that has Death Touch and, why the hell not, Life Link. <laughs> If a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. If I'm not mistaken, that means four triggers off of a Jade Light Ranger. Um, so, do you need any other reasons, Joey? Do we need to go any further with this? I mean, I think you, I kind of feel like you should just drop the mic and we end the episode right there. But I... I have some things to say about other cards, but my goodness, that was great. <laughs> I'm going to go with throw away all of my mountains. Um, <laughs> I'm like literally going to go sell my risk factors. I'm like, Narset was already bad enough. Like, Narset's like, okay, <laughs> draw three cards. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was already thinking about like this card isn't good anymore when they printed Narset, but this, all of this. Well, I guess Jesus. the next step is it has to all see play. I guess the part of that that you know has to be said is that if Mono Red is at all good, that all will see play, and then Mono Red won't be good. So yeah, just being in the format uh, available in the format, it's going hey, to Joey. suppress Mono Red. What's up, Joe? There's a card called Soren, Imperious Bloodlord. Do you know what it does? Uh, I do, but I would like you to remind me. Okay, it's a black and two. It's four loyalty. It plus one. Target creature you control gains death touch and dun, 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 lifelink until end of turn. If it's a vampire, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. You can also plus one. Uh, that's another a plus ability. You may sacrifice a vampire. When you do, it deals three damage to a target and you gain three life. Life gain. And guess what card is too powerful for standard? That's right. Rampaging Ferocidon. Way too powerful because we don't have any life gain abilities in the format. Oh, they should just reprint. It would be great if we just got a reprint of Rampaging Ferocidon. <laughs> like in course right? that. Like they thought it was... It was good to keep around for longer, but then banned it. But they had already printed it or, like, uh, you know, assigned it to Corset 2020. I, I don't know. That's very unlikely. But that I'm just waiting hilarious. for a heroic reinforcements reprint, dude. I was like, just come on. Yeah, or timely it's reinforcements. Over. You mean timely? That yeah, one. that one. Timely reinforcements. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's it's pretty crazy. So that's Soren. People are already brewing with it on Twitter. It was just announced, like, a little while before we recorded. And, uh, yeah. People are already like turn one Legion's Landing, turn two Adanto Vanguard, turn three Soren, give it Death Touch, Life Link, or you know, uh, I guess you could sacrifice like the the Legion's Landing Vampire to Helix something. Uh, oh, you didn't even mention the other the last ability. I don't think the put a vampire into play or 
Like from, oh, from your hand. Oh, that's right. You know, that was the only note I had on this card. All caps. <laughs> Finally, a way to cheat Baron Senjir into play. There you go. So what is it? It's, it's minus uh... minus three. You may put a vampire creature card from your hand onto the battle. Okay, but he starts with four loyalty, so you could immediately do that if you if there's a vampire that's actually worth doing. Uh, you know, putting into play and leaving yourself with like a one loyalty planeswalker on the battlefield, which I don't think is that crazy. But like, honestly, I don't even think I care about this in a dedicated vampires deck. Um, I kind of just want to plus one this on Rotting Regisaur. <laughs> What's Rotting Regisaur? <laughs> rotting Regisaur! Glad you asked. Joey is a big freaking creature. It's uh, black and two. Uh, it is a 7 6 zombie dinosaur. It's a rare. Yes, I said a black and two for a 7 6. At the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card. It doesn't say if you can't sacrifice it. It just says discard a card. Bridge from below, that seems pushed. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is ridiculous. I mean, that card, that's absolutely like a contender for modern. Um, discard a card sure... in modern is like a, something you pay for. You know, like, I want to discard right. a card. I feel like a lot of people are like... I think about the, I think about this deck for a number of different things. Dinosaurs. They're really trying to push dinosaurs here. Yes, they are. Um, Which is not a good idea. Uh, I, if I saw a dinosaur, I would not want to push it. No, Probably a bad, terrible, bad thing. Just terrible. Um, but I like this in the Jund uh, Dreadhorde deck. I like this with Thud. I like this with Dreadhorde or Arcanist. I like this with Collision Colossus. Um because yeah yeah i mean i mean you can dis- uh, go ahead. you can discard something that you want to cast with arcanist later you know what i mean yeah. like discarding isn't necessarily a drawback there and it's a freaking 76 like a lot of times you have a thud and then you have like a dreadhorde butcher and like no pump spells and you're like well this doesn't really do much you right. know what i mean like or even like gruel spellbreaker which is the biggest creature in the deck at max is going to be 4 damage for 4 mana Right. This is seven damage for four mana. And late games, sometimes that's all you need. You're like, damn it, I'm holding this thud. I drew two thuds. I only have one good target for it. I need to do the rest of the damage, you know? Then you can play Rotting Regisaur and just finish them off. Um, that's where I like this card for myself. Yeah, uh, I mean, that definitely seems like it's a, a possibility. I, I would feel like I'd feel more comfortable if you had more ways to mitigate the downs, you know, up and. Er, on quote unquote downside of discarding a card because yeah just throwing something into the graveyard for uh, for arcanist is one way to do it but that's really all you have so um you play i don't know maybe play ren and six and just keep discarding lands and getting them back no i can't do that not standard legal but uh, uh, that's the first thing i could think of like off the top of my head but uh but just some kind of way to that y- you can be doing other powerful things and right. the discard is almost like a good thing or something that doesn't matter to you at all. Um, and right. yeah, discarding a pump spell is kind of like, well, yeah, but it would have been good to cast that pump spell too, and then play it from the graveyard. Like, so, well, it's true, but I'm saying worst case scenario, but more than likely you're just going to be discarding lands to this. Sure. 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 It doesn't say discard a non land card, you know, right. or if you like, again, if you played out your hand, there's nothing it's to just, discard. Yeah. Not a drawback. It's just a seven, six. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk about one more cards while we're, while we're on the topic. And then I'll let you talk about a couple cards. Okay. I've kind of went on a bit of a roll here. Um, 
Marauding Raptor. This is really interesting because it looks like a couple months left in standard. They're trying to make dinosaurs a thing. Yeah. What the hell? So uh, this is a 2-3 for a red and 1. Um, it's creature dinosaur. It's a rare. Creature spells you cast, not just dinosaurs, but creature spells you cast, cost one less to cast. Already pretty damn good. Now here's the fun thing. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Marauding Raptor deals two damage to it. If a dinosaur is dealt damage this way, Marauding Raptor gets plus two plus O until end of turn. So, play this on turn two, play Ripjaw Raptor on turn three, value town, right, for one. Ryan made the point that why even go that big? Marauding Raptor turn two, Raptor Hatchling for one red turn three, you've got a three three token and you're swinging for six. Yeah. That seems good. Um, and, and if you have multiple raptor hatchlings in your hand, you can really go to town, right? Right, right. But the fun thing I want to talk about is this card with Polyraptor. Right. <laughs> Which is a pipe dream because Polyraptor costs eight, now seven, thanks to Marauding Raptor. Right. Um, but uh, Polyraptor has Enrage. Whenever it's dealt damage, create a copy of Polyraptor. And it's a, uh, um, what is it, a six? I forgot what the power toughness is. It's, I think, a 5-5. Five, five. Five. Okay, that's right, that's right. But this is literally an infinite combo, unless you have a way to kill your Marauding Raptor. So you need a sack outlet in play. You need some way to get rid of your own Marauding Raptor. Um, Thud seems like a good option, but again, it's another mana you got to spend. Right. Um, you would rather have something on the battlefield that can deal with it. But otherwise, the game's going to end in a draw. <laughs> right, so, because it just literally just can't stop. It's just constantly dealing damage, making a copy, coming into play, dealing damage, making a copy. Like, it's just, you, there's no, there's no end to it. It's not a may. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to do it. You got to eventually, like, cheat to stop it, yeah. which you don't want to do. I'm saying you got to miss your trigger on purpose, which is cheating. Right, right. Um, so, no, so, like, you need a way to kill it. Um, and then you have unlimited Polyraptors, which is kind of neat. Never going to really happen in standard, well, you, but we've said you that also about have a, lot a, of a massive marauding raptor. <laughs> That's true. Like I said, thud would be fun. Um, but yeah, so so that's that with those cards. Oh, uh, with the ley lines, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention they reprinted ley line of anticipation. Um, they reprinted ley line of the void. So apologies to everyone who paid full price for those last in the last week and a half. Ley line of combustion is not ley line of punishment, which makes me a little sad because I want multiple ways for red to not be able to gain life other than a Tybalt you never draw. Um, ley line of combustion is two red and two. It's an enchantment. Works like a ley line. Whenever you and or at least one permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, ley line of combustion deals two damage to that player. So it's pretty cool. It's not ley line of punishment. Could have some play. I don't know. Joey, talk to me about some cards. Uh, really, I only wrote down one card. Well, I had a couple in mind, but you already mentioned them. So um, so I've just got one left to talk about before we wrap up the episode. Um, so tell us what Mu Yangling Sky Dancer So give does. me – let me present it the way I had written down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, can, we can cut that. We can cut that. I'm sorry. Okay. Right. Go on. <laughs> Woo, Manling. Have y'all seen Mu Yangling? Holy cow. <laughs> it's like the f- worst thing I've ever written down in my life. <laughs> Jesus. 
Um, well, I mean, it was Father's Day. That's so, true. I mean, it was like I had dad to... jokes. You know, we can't avoid them. So yeah. So okay. Wow. Um, I should just bleep the entire sentence. <laughs> I'm just gonna dance around this one. Um, so so geez. so Mu Yanling. I, I assume that's how you uh, sure you pronounce it. Um, I mean, it tells you right there what deck it goes into. M U Mono Blue, right? Like. It's a. Yep. It is a, a Mu, Mu Yanling Skydancer, a Planeswalker for blue, blue one. It's a mythic rare. Uh, it has two starting loyalty. The plus two is uh, now. It's not right in front of me, so I'm. I wrote down like notes. So plus two is give a target creature gets minus two, minus zero until your next turn and loses flying or and loses yep. flying until your next turn. Uh, yep. The minus three is create a four four flying bird elemental token. Yep. Uh, yep. And the minus eight is you get an emblem with islands you control, get tap, draw a card. So this is, uh, I don't know, I'm excited about this for kind of obvious reasons. Um, I think the big thing that I want to point out is how deceptively good that shrink ability is. The, the plus two, um, giving, oh, yeah. giving a creature minus two, minus zero, and losing flying until your next turn, like that it looks bad because shrink is a card that you don't really play, right? Like it's, it's right, kind of, right, right. it's like maybe limited, right? Like if it has like draw a card on it or something also, you know, um, but getting it every turn means that your opponent has to have four power worth of creatures on the board and attack, uh, the Mu Yanling every turn just to say at parity because they have four power, you minus two, one, uh, one of the creatures and they attack with, uh, you know, two power worth of creatures to knock, the two loyalty that you just put on the planeswalker back off of the planeswalker. So it's like just to stay at parity, they need four power worth of creatures on board. And if my opponent is, has four powers worth of creature on the board and they're attacking every turn just to do that, like go ahead, do it every turn. <laughs> like that's totally fine by me. Uh, if you're just trying to keep this, this card from putting a four, four into play, like that's fine. Like that's, that's great for me. So I just feel like that ability. Um, if you recall, it was similar there was a similar ability on Jace Telepath Unbound, which is the flip side of Jace Vryn's pro- uh, yeah, the flip side of Jace Vryn's Prodigy. So um, that card saw a lot of standard play, and that was uh, that was where I kind of realized how good that ability would be. Because when I first saw it, I was like, whatever, you're shrinking a creature, you're not killing it, you're just making it a little weaker. It's kind of like not that great. But when I played with it, I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. So yeah. or at least at least fantastic compared to what I expected it to be. So, um, and then, yeah, you, you plus it and it sticks around and you get it up to four loyalty and you create a four, four flyer for basically for free, right? Like, because you didn't pay any mana for it, the turn you're doing that, uh, that now protects the planeswalker. Like, I don't know, this just seems like a great, great planeswalker to play with. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I want to play it. I kind of want to play it in modern. Like, I don't know if it's modern playable, but I'm like, wow, a three mana planeswalker, uh, feels like it should at least be explored as a, as an option in modern. So, uh, right, and that ultimate's incredible. I mean, obviously, ultimates are usually pretty good, right? Um, but getting that emblem just seems really great, and doesn't seem that hard to do. Um, that's where I'm at. I mean, like you know, you've got to fair. I mean, like if you're playing against another control deck, you're probably not going to get there. But like playing against an aggro deck, you could get there. Um, I actually kind of like this with blue white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I jokingly said mono blue, but because of the well, islands sure. thing. But I mean, Hallowed Fountain's an island too, so it and is. So is Steam and, Vents. And and you know, 
not being able to tap all of your lands to draw a card every turn, you know, that's not necessarily a drawback. You know, like, you just might have get to draw three cards for three mana right. every turn. Um, but I like this with the uh, with the Planeswalker that makes the O3 walls. <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, uh, the Shield Mage? Tets- what is it? Tetsuo? Teo, Teo te- Shield Mage, te- yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can just, my- just Teo, make a wall, and then minus two, minus O something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're stopping up to, like, um, you know, a four-power creature entirely. Right. You know, um, or shutting off an entire creature and then blocking another creature every turn. Yeah. Just I'm, being able to get there. I mean, it just feels to me like, uh, like just by itself and being able to just plus two every turn just to kind of just for a couple of turns while you sort of sit there and use your other resources to deal with whatever else they're doing. It just feels like eventually you're going to get there uh, unless they find some kind of. Uh, removal for the planeswalker like elder spell or something which of course then you have to have a counter spell ready or something like that but it just feels like it's a must answer because if it sticks around it's gonna just keep shrinking whatever creature makes the most sense to shrink and you're gonna just have to uh you're gonna eventually see them drawing cards off every island that they control whenever they want so right i love it or just adding or when they have to control the board not even caring about that just minus three minus three minus three. Oh yeah it's a win condition like that by itself yeah I, i'm right. not even thinking about it. i'm like completely skipping over the fact that it makes a four four flyer every turn like that's insane right right so yeah love yeah, that card it, it's a really good card i mean i i get why it has two loyalty because if it started at four or something even if it was a plus one that would be ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like being able to start with a 4-4 and then start ticking up and protecting your uh, your Planeswalker would be really ridiculous. Okay, that time I heard the helicopter, Joey. <laughs> but uh, but all the other times were fine. It was background. It doesn't matter. Right on. So anyway, so yeah, this card is this card is great. Um, this, is, this is a really nice Planeswalker. Yeah, so far it's my favorite um, card in the set. Uh, but we haven't really seen... A whole lot. I feel like we've seen more than I expected to see, though, at this point. It's Wednesday. Way more than I expected. Where are the lands, Joey? That's a good point. What are we going to get for rare rare lands? That's interesting. Where are our lands? I want to know. I want to know what we're getting. Yeah, I'm, like, eager to know what our mana bases are going to look like here, you know? And it seems like there are a lot of cards that are, like, uh, have, like, a heavy monocolor requirement or um, kind of seem to encourage more than uh, kind of like i guess not going to more than one or two colors like the cavalier yeah. cycle um we don't need to read them but they cost like three of whatever color or three or four i think it's three um but yeah like it just seems like there are a lot of cards that seem to encourage that and i'm starting to wonder if you know what how are they going to sort of uh go into the next part of the format with the fall set is that going to somehow encourage Monocolor. I mean, there's we have some multicolor cards too, so it's not like we don't have any. Uh, you already mentioned the Saltai one, but uh, it just seems like okay, we've had this multicolor format now for a while. Maybe we're gonna, the pendulum's going to kind of swing back to encouraging people to play less than three colors in their deck. And I kind of by that sort of uh, logic, maybe we don't get rare dual lands. But I, that would be. I, I don't want that to happen. I kind of feel like that's unlikely. Um, but maybe we don't get rare dual lands in the fall set or something like that. Um, I mean, it's not like we need a rare dual land right now. Nothing's rotating out. We have like, perfect mana right now. So it's kind of like maybe they don't need to put the. No, um, the, the uh, what do they call it? What are they called? What, what's the, the 
term du jour for the lands that come into play untapped if you control a check land. Yes, that check land. You mean like glacial fortress and stuff? Like the right. I right. always call them I'll the core duels, please. Because Wait, they're is it check? Is it C Z E C H? Yes, exactly. Yes, it's check lands because they originated in uh, Eastern Europe. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, maybe they don't. Maybe they, maybe you're right, Joey. Uh, but those rotate is what I'm saying. Oh, they'll rotate in the fall. But I'm saying like in if, the fall in the in the core set, maybe they don't put the rare duels in the core set, and they just put them into the fall set. So you know we're going to lose the check lands, and then we get new lands to replace them in the fall set. So that that's my that sounds about right. I, I, I feel like that could happen. Right. Or if the fall set is pushing like monocolor, then they put the core duels into the core set and or they put you know new check lands or something the replacement into the core or set they just reprint which we talked about this yeah, couple, yeah. Like, briefly a couple episodes ago um the feel bad of them reprinting those lands yeah and then opening maybe, them all just, packs, they, yeah. maybe people just don't open those packs enough that the you know the risk would be minimal right um i don't know um but yeah, oh, we haven't. We don't have an answer yet. Yeah, so which we may find find out. Unnerving. You know, in just a couple of hours while I'm editing this show. So uh, exactly, <laughs> we'll that's see. how that usually works. Um, so um, so uh, I guess uh, we should should wrap it up at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, we of course now every episode we like to give a shout out to another podcast. So uh, you lovely folks have some other shows to listen to while you're waiting for our next episode. Um, so this week in our Interplanar Beacon segment which we don't have a song for. Interplanar Beacon, Interplanar Beacon, yeah! I forgot. We did have a theme song for it. Uh, so shout out to Modern Medical. <laughs> they are uh, they are a modern podcast. They were formerly known as the Card Knock Life podcast, but since they focused on modern so much, they recently changed their name. So uh, the hosts, uh, Corey and Daryl, discuss modern every week. And uh, it's a great, great show. And I've actually been pretty impressed with a lot of the content on cardknocklife.com um that's actually where francesco amadi writes and um so i've been reading a lot of their their stuff lately and uh so check that out we'll link that in the show notes shout out to Corey and daryl and modern medical podcast that will be linked as well so yeah i i I listened to the uh to their latest episode i really enjoyed it i thought it was really good um i gotta say i don't think they should have changed the name i like card knock life i think it's a good pun quality puns i'm a big fan of quality puns and, I, and I'm, but I'm honestly just curious if it helped their numbers at all. You know what I mean? Like, sure. My theory is it wouldn't make that much of a difference, to be honest. Like, mm. if I, I feel like if we changed our name to kind of be more uh, in line with what our show is about, like, uh, so I, just kind of trying to keep in line with not having to change our logo again, uh, we could change the podcast to "You Must Top Deck Good Tiger," um, <laughs> or we could. Um, change the podcast name to Young Men Talking Good parentheses but terrible parentheses at magic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think those those name changes are are what we're looking for. But you know, I have to think about it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But no, the show kicks ass, and y'all should check it out for sure. Uh, it's a really good show. If you like modern, um, they do a good job of really breaking down what's going on in modern now and what you should do about it. Yeah. So check them out. Yeah. So, uh, I guess you want to, you want to wrap things up, give us a uh, shout out to our patrons. Yeah. Um, everybody who's supporting us on Patreon, y'all are the real MVPs. (laughs) And, um, 
those of you who aren't, um, you're still awesome, but you should support us on Patreon because it's cool and you should be on our Discord because we love Discord and we love talking to you on Discord. Ryan, sign up for the Patreon, you jerk. But thank you for um, the uh, for the theme song. For, but the theme for song Fringe. is great. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. It's a, it's a wash. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, the Discord has been fun. I'm having a lot of fun talking in it, and um, and y'all should get in on that conversation. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, and uh, shout out to our sponsors, Cool Stuff Inc. and Cardhoarder.com. Uh, so no doubt. Until no doubt is not sponsoring this show. They have nothing to do with this show. I'll contact their reps. Got it. So until next time, we're Yo MTG Taps. Make them have it. We are.